Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower and I'm here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warn-usa.com. You can listen to our Warren Radio episodes on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And Warren Radio is now on the following platforms. Amazon Prime Music and Podcast, Spreaker, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Deezer, Spotify, and Anchor. And do not miss these posts on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. The Briar Patch We Call America Briar Patch We Call America is a thicket of thorny, sticker-filled plants. You, you cannot enter it without some form of hindrance. Mystery of Iniquity and the Truth Mystery of iniquity have generations of children have generations of children been in the dark concerning these truths. The answer is obvious. Do you know the answer yourself? The apocalypse waits for no one. The, the apocalypse waits, or does it? While the world marches on in a faint-hearted glory, the apocalypse will wait for none of them. The following are the latest posts on warn-usa.com. Christian Gospel Faith Battles Antichrist Forces Christian Gospel Faith Battles the Antichrist Forces. This will continue until the Lord comes. The enemies of the gospel will continue to cause trouble and death. Terrifying Deception the Magnus Prophecies brings us face to face with reality that could scare the yell out of you. And if you don't have trouble, as if we don't have enough trouble in the world, in this world. America Days of Swine and Noses. Is this the end of days? More to the point, if it were, could America and its people escape judgment? Be sure to get your copy of The Rising by the watchman Dana Glenn Smith. The Rising continues the story of Mac, a former black ops sniper, and details the takeover of America. There's danger and intrigue. The nation is at risk. Mac battles to serve the, survive the forces bent on destroying him and America. Can he save the United States? Find out by getting your copy of The Rising. And sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter by going to danaglinsmith.com and you can visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop where we feature The Rising and the other Christian books as well as resources from our Vision Media. And now I welcome in The Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? 
Well, you know, in spite of the election, I'm doing good. Yeah, it's... Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing great. And it's good to be here on another Wednesday Warren Radio Advocacy Show. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, and we're a new year. Yes. And so... uh, This is our second show this new year. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. Yes, it does. You know, up front, we're going to be talking about uh, our new series, The High Exalted One. And uh, I do a lot of uh, articles that we have that we publish, and I feature those from time to time. But uh, this is uh, a series that deals around the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and our God and Father. And uh, we deal with the judgment, uh, God's righteous judgment, among many other things as we look at this. And you know, well, when you get in the last days or the end of days, you know, one of the things that we can do is have self-examination that don't always come out that good only the Lord really knows our hearts on these matters and so we get into a lot of different things here but as we look at the end of days as we look at the troubles that we face right here. The battles we face are real. Just like the enemies of Christ press forward, so too the day comes when they will be gathered up and thrown into the lake of fire. You know, but Paul says something in Romans chapter 2 verses 10 and 11 but glory honor and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile now he also takes the back side of that whereas if you know you're doing evil and wickedness then tribulation to everyone to the Jew first and then the Gentile There's no respect of persons with God. And, uh, you know, there's one way to get to heaven. And, you know, God doesn't change. He puts it out there and it's up to us. And so when we go through these series like this one, the high exalted one, we want to grab your attention and tell you that there is a higher power and that higher power gave his only begotten son to die on the cross for your sins and if you choose not to take him up on it you know, he's already done the righteous thing by including you if you want to join him in heaven. But I'm surprised many times how people, and we have them in America, a satanic church, for instance, that's really getting big, or at least they're getting a lot of advertisement. And they're having a Satan con. I forgot what city it was in. Um, so at any rate, Satan was it, con. Was it St. Louis? No, it was in Massachusetts, in Boston, I believe, Dana. I think you're right. Yeah. I, I think it was there. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, the Salem witch trials were held there. And, uh, of course, you know, when we talk about all that, you know, in, in America, everything is okay. According and, to man, but not according yeah, to God. Yeah, yeah, well, that's the point, yeah. Yeah. And so while the Lord provides for man's redemption, so man can escape judgment, we have ignorance, rebellion, false teaching, just to name a few things that are stocking up wrath for the day of judgment. And so, one of the things we do, been doing all along, we are... <laughs> A preaching, teaching, warning agency. But we also are an advocate for the persecuted church. And we've been warning for many years, as well as teaching things that people need to know. And you know, I, I think personally, when you look at what's been happening, I mean, we're in 2023. Unbelievable. And we're sitting here looking at America and their wokeism and all the things they're doing. And most of these kids that are doing this, young adults, have no clue as to anything else. It means nothing to them to tell them that, you know, God created male and female. We, we have whole generations of children that know absolutely nothing that they really should be knowing since as the judgment of God approaches. Yes, it's, it's really tragic. And so, these series we do, and we have just like the Isaiah series, we're on 156 this week episodes. And so, this one here is shorter. But we have a lot of different teachings. And they're there on our websites. We don't charge you nothing for them. But it costs us to produce them. It costs us to keep them on a website. And we have them there for people to listen, to understand, and to be prepared for when the righteous judgment of God occurs. So go by our websites, warren-usa.com, danaglennsmith.com, and check out, up in the nav bar, the various teachings. Now, most of the teachings that we do, I'd say all of them, are over on warn-usa.com, and you can download them there, you can listen to them. Now, we have all kinds of areas where you can listen to the shows at, and Tower gave you that in the beginning of the show. And you can listen to these things, download them, but whatever you do, prepare yourself and visit warn-usa.com and also the Watchman Institute, which is, is at danaglinsmith.com. We have in-depth articles, in-depth shows, and today being Wednesday, this is a show for the persecuted church. So... Away we go, Tower. Yes, sir. And uh, our next one is on a UN report of an ISIS uh, genocide. <clears throat> this comes from BarnabasFund.org. And, of course, this is about the Iraqi Christians. Now, of course, we know something about this because... 
during 2014-2015 when ISIS was going through the Middle East over there in Iraq, Syria, and uh, they were even into Afghanistan and uh, they had uh, pretty much a global reach because other jihadists took up their mantra. And of course, they did a state war crimes investigation. And of course, this, when you look at what they did, especially in Iraq, they seized around a third of the country. That was in 2014. But the United Nations was investigating and they collected evidence that ISIS seized Christian-owned properties, looted, destroyed churches, and subjected believers to sexual violence, forced conversions, and enslavement. They kept, uh, you know, uh, what would you call it, a sex brothel? Yeah. Where you could, and they did this with the Kurds too. Yeah. Where that they were selling these young people. That's horrible. For the highest bidder. And of course, uh, Christian uh, Richer, uh, head of the UN investigative team to promote accountability, the accountability rather for crimes committed by the Islamic State. You know, he points out, he emphasizes that they're crimes against humanity and war crimes. Uh, kind of like the kind that, uh, you know, Hitler and his minions were tried for, except Hitler died. And of course, the effects are still being felt today. This is 2023. And they went through this in 2014. Yeah, do you realize that was almost nine years ago? I mean, this year it'll yeah, be nine I, years. Yeah, I can't believe that it was so long ago. I know. And so, three of the predominantly Christian towns on the Nineveh Plain, and I especially remember the Nineveh Plains because there was a lot of uh, people that were trapped there by ISIS. There was no way to get them out. But they did get out and they were able to escape with the help of a number of uh, coordinated efforts and this included the Kurds who were fighting them and along with America and of course there were others. There, there was a number of uh, groups that were fighting under one banner at that time And of course, the Yazidis were um, brutally um, abused and uh, raped until they couldn't even. One young woman had been raped so many times she she couldn't even pee. And I was thinking about her the other day. Yeah, wondering, wondering if she's alive. Or, yeah, but uh, because a lot of the reports we got was straight from the field. And I had reported them uh, after we got them. And uh, matter of fact, uh, we had put out so much stuff that uh, Twitter was tracking and said that uh, we had uh, we got in the top ten of Twitter itself for our coverage in uh, you know uh, during 2014 because there was so much going on. But uh, I, I just, there's no way to tell you how terrible it is when you're a fighter and the person you're fighting is some young woman who you're raping. 
or it's some young boy that you're either teaching uh, how to become a jihadist and kill people or teaching them how to rape or teaching them how to steal. And all of this comes out of the Islamic war path that they got from their big boy himself. That when we go back to you know, previous fights and wars with Muslims like the Crusades, you find the same thing. Pillaging, raping, murdering, taking captives, and stealing stuff. In February of 2022, in ISIS, uh, ISIS was officially declared defeated in Iraq in 2017. And of course, they said there was a three-year reign of terror. So if you go to 2014, 2015, 2016, that's where it would end. Uh, but, it, you know, the thing of it is, is officially defeated is one thing. Uh, still there is another. Yeah. And so in 2022, um, more than 120 houses, factory shops, and parcels of land were seized from Christians and Sabians. They were restored and given back to the rightful owners. That was good. And so, yeah, we're still dealing with genocide, but it's not ISIS, but it's still Islam. Yeah. But Islam isn't the only one because we have radical Hindus that do it too. And we have just regular Hindus doing it. I remember that uh, when they returned the property back to the rightful owners of the Christians and Sabians. And yeah. that was done by a Muslim cleric. Yeah, Motada al-Sadr. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it was terrible. It yes, really was. it was. And you know, in that three-year war, there was tens of thousands of people killed, you know, in that uh, that reign of terror, the three-year yeah. reign of terror, it left tens of thousands dead. That's horrible. Well, so far we can figure, <clears throat> and th this figure is uh, from 1990, 75% of Iraq's Christians, that would be around uh, a million and a half, have left the country uh, and that's dating back 30 years because of, because of the violence. And you can't blame them. Nope. But y'all can't come to America. You got to find somewhere else. We can't fit the world in this country. Well, they need to do something in their own countries, uh, you know, the, they, yeah. for the people. They need to do something for them that live there, that are being run out. They shouldn't be run out. Well, they should make their home where their home is. But, you know, all this stuff is, is really tough. There, there's no easy answers. No. And, uh, well, at any rate, well, I remember, feel for them. remember all the uh, uh, persecuted Christians around the world and remember the ones that... Uh, are still there and there's others that have left a long time ago and they still face deep deep trouble the Iraqi Christians there's also the Yazidis and there's other groups all of them need a touch from the Lord they really do oh they do they need they need our prayers they need our help so uh, uh, we're going to go be going to Nigeria yeah. now are you ready yes not, um, this story comes to us via Morningstar News. It's Nigeria murdering the just. Ye have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. That's James 5, uh, verse 6. On December 25th, 
in the southern Kaduna state, one Christian was killed and 53 were kidnapped. And that was after more than 40 Christians were slain in the week leading up to Christmas. The Flani herdsmen and other terrorists on December 20th attacked Aguana, Aguanaku village in Kajuru County in Kaduna State at 10 a.m. And the church worship service was about to commence when the attackers arrived at the village riding on motorbikes and shooting sporadically. James, uh, one of the residents there, told Morningstar News in a text message, they killed one Christian and kidnapped 50 other Christians who are still being held captive. In Karua County, residents and herdsmen and other terrorists killed 40 Christians. And in, in um, Malgum on December 18th, another three, ki another three Christians and they, this uh, Jane, uh, another resident named Jay, were being attacked again by terrorists. There are gunshots everywhere again this night. This is worse. Please, we need help. And they, uh, homes and barns, on December 19th, they were saying homes and barns are still burning. And they, um, as he sent out the message to Morning Star News, And the Reverend Stephen Baba, president of the Evangelical Church Winning All, sent out a prayer request in a group text message on December 23rd. And this was at uh, on December 23rd at 9 p.m. There are gunshots from the suspected Fulani herdsmen. The dead were just buried yesterday, and now in less than a week, they are back again. And family life has been disrupted. The lucky survivors have become refugees in their land, waiting for palliative in an endless genocide they can't understand. Mass graves litter the community and the countryside. Our people can no longer go to their farms for fear of being gunned down or macheted. And the settlements and villages that they're yet to be attacked have become ghost towns as people have fled. Lamentedly, the Fulani terrorist attacks have continued unabated as they are heard chanting the Allah Akbar during the killing and destructive expeditions. It is on record that Kargoro has suffered 13 deadly attacks with catastrophic consequences from 2011 and to, to the end of 2022. Without decisive and urgent action, Christians in Kargoro may be wiped out. And in Malagum, 40 Christians were killed and more than 100 houses burned down on December 18th. And the attackers are known as herdsmen, the Fulani herdsmen, they're armed bandits, and um, this Richie David said in a text message, six members of my family were among those killed. You know, that is so tragic, Dana. Well, it is, and the thing of it is, is that's the goal of these Muslim extremists. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot of prophecies, a number of them that are concerned with this. One where the Lord says, there, he talks about the fact that there will be those that will kill you. When they kill you, they'll think they're doing God a service. And... Uh, well, that's what they think. Yeah. And, you know, these Christians, they literally don't resist them. They're... You know, they, they get rounded up out of their churches if they're in their churches. Uh, and the Hindus round them up too. They use sticks. Now, these uh, Muslims are a little more well-supported because they get involved in 
various other enterprises to help them uh, support themselves. But uh, their, their goal there is to burn, pillage, steal, and drive the Christians out. And uh, the thing here is a simple fact. You do not hear the things that are happening to the persecuted church from the nations of men. They're pretty quiet on it. The UN, anything to do with the UN, you know, most of the time they don't say nothing. America, you don't even hear it from the churches in America. You, you hear very little from how many people are getting murdered overseas. And this goes on incessantly, week after week. And uh, if you're a Christian in Nigeria, they're going to hunt you down and kill you. And if you're a Christian in Pakistan, the Hindus will burn your church down or come and get you during your services and beat the living daylights out of you or kill you. And this is around the world. This is the operational uh, mode of all of these extremists. And it, it, what is causing when you see this, it is blood guilt. That's, that's the law. The blood guilt is heavy. And so when the Lord judges his people, there is an entire wrath of God judgment where God feeds the people blood to drink. And you can read it in Revelation. That is the judgment of the blood. And uh, I have covered the, as I call it, the blood guilt extensively for many years. And when I see this, it just absolutely absolutely unbelievable how really in America we never mention this much. I think it's gut-wrenching what's going on. We mention it. Yeah. We mention it all the time. And uh, of course there's a number of organizations that that you know we're, we're familiar with quite a few matter of fact and uh, you know, we have a certain little uh, thing that we do uh, financially. We don't tell anybody about it. It's not up for anybody to know. But, you know, we just don't do this. We, we put support out there to help these people. And we pray. I pray. Tower praise. And it's not unusual for me to pray, Lord, have the humanitarian, the Christian humanitarian organizations find these people and help them. Because, see, we help the organizations. What I find really frustrating what? is that we keep hearing about Nigeria all the time. We report on all Nigeria and nothing seems to be done to help these people to stop this genocide. It's just gut-wrenching. It's frustrating. It's aggravating. It, it's very upsetting. Yeah. But in spite of this, there are people coming to the Lord, both, I mean, of, of every background you can think of, but a lot of Muslims and a lot of, of Hindus, a lot of people. Global Christian Relief. I'm bringing that phrase up because I want you to remember Global Christian Relief. This story comes from them. They are formally open doors. Now, I am not familiar 
if Open Doors is going to remain in some aspect with them. But they are global. So having global Christian relief would just tell you. And the purpose of this particular post is to tell you that people are coming to the Lord. God is reaching Muslims right now. And there's many stories we've done. And we know of entire an entire uh, group of churches, real big, and they're all ex-Muslims who now serve the Lord and preach the gospel. And they're a viable uh, outreach to reach the, the, the believers. Well, there's an alias for a believer. Usually we have aliases. It's Ali. Uh, he was, uh, he's a believer in the southern Philippines. He is an ex-Muslim. And he didn't regularly come across Christians or, you know, Christianity. But one night, and th you know, this, we hear this a lot we from, do. from Muslims. One night God appeared to Ali in a dream, showing him a bright light and instructing him to go to an unfamiliar church. When Ali woke up, he began searching for the building. Once he found it, he was greeted by a youth leader, also from a Muslim background, who shared the gospel with him. Today, Ali oversees a house church with his family and leading a group of former Muslim believers and passing along the lessons about Jesus he has learned. That's exciting. Praise yeah. the Lord. Praise the Lord for that. Yes, amen. And furthermore, they say that Islam is the fastest growing religion in the world today. And by 2060, it could be the world's largest religion surpassing Christianity. However, the caveat is the number of Muslims converting to Christianity over the last few decades is unprecedented in history. That's good. That's amazing. Thank you, Lord. Now, author and missionary David Garrison finds that in the first 1,400 years since Islam was founded and established, there were 15 recorded movements of Muslims becoming Christians. Garrison defines a movement as at least a thousand Muslims from a particular community who not only profess their faith in Christ, but voluntarily show it through the act of baptism. Wow. In just the first two decades of the 21st century, there have already been 70 flourishing conversion moments, <laughs> movements. And that's, so, that's amazing. Yeah, so that tells you how much it's increasing. So, and so while we talk about the Muslims trying to extinguish Christianity, um, and, and, you know, we get tired of seeing these poor people get murdered and slaughtered. But the fact remains of it is, we have seen miracles where the Lord intervenes while Muslims are trying to kill Christians. True stories. And uh, we've covered those stories in the time past. And the Muslims, especially, you know, the leader of one particular big group of, of a Muslim army who had gone to kill Christians who were bapti baptizing uh, Muslims who were becoming Christians, <coughs> went there and was shooting at them, trying to kill them. And in the midst of that, this terrible storm showed up and they could not see the believers. But all of a sudden, within the storm, the Lord Jesus appeared and told them that he died on the cross for their sins. He spoke to them for a while, and it all disappeared. And these people were so afraid they left. But later on, the Muslims who were involved in that, their leaders, and a number of them, went to talk to the Christian pastor about what happened and they became Christians. And we see this all over the globe and not just Muslims either. So while we look at things, it may seem like, you know, 
we're losing. But we're not losing. But the thing of it is, we want to see everybody saved. Yes, we do. But they got to make up their own mind. <clears throat> Now, uh, we're going to kind of switch gears here. We're going to be talking about the S word that threatens America. Uh, can any of you guess what the S word is? <laughs> I know there's quite a few you could probably come up with. But uh, one of the ones who actually warns about the S word is... Bernie Marcus. Now you may have not have ever heard of Bernie, but he is the co-founder of Home Depot. Well, in the last number of years in America, we've had quite a few discussions about billionaires. Up to this point, I never had any reason to talk about billionaires. But we have billionaire George Soros, who is financing a coup d'etat over America. We have billionaire Donald Trump who is standing to make America great again. And, it, and the list is actually pretty big of billionaires. And you have Elon Musk now who bought Twitter. But Bernie Marcus is the co-founder of Home Depot. And they have a foundation, the Marcus Foundation, and they've donated over two billion through that foundation. And according to an interview with the Financial uh, Times, he definitely showed disdain for many Americans who like socialist, the socialist dream. And of course, we can all attest to the fact all the woke teachers and institutions, politicians, and mel, uh, mega billionaires who want America socialist. There's your S word, socialist. But see, <clears throat> we don't want it socialist. Marcus doesn't want it socialist. Marcus, matter of fact, does not like the lazy generation of Americans who would rather get paid for doing nothing and be idle to enjoy their lifestyles. Marcus stated, I'm worried about capitalism. Capitalism is the basis of Home Depot and millions of people have earned this success and had success. I'm talking manufacturers, vendors and distributors and people that work for us who have been able to enrich themselves by the journey of Home Depot. That's the success. That's why capitalism works. Marcus continued that thanks to socialism, nobody works. And he said, nobody gives a damn. Just give it to me. Send me money. I don't want to work. I'm too lazy. I'm too fat. I'm too stupid. Now, a lot of these things may seem kind of abrupt to you. Until you figure out that these people are out to destroy the America that we knew. And I said knew because K-N-E-W, that's what. We used to know it, but it's not here anymore. We are in serious trouble. And it's time to understand. Now, Marcus supported President Trump and Ron DeSantis. And he called Biden the worst president in the history of the country. Yep. I so like if you want to <clears throat> save America, you don't save it by socialism. And there's a lot of young people, that's where they're headed. You know, um, Marcus made another point that I really like. He said the American work ethic is the backbone of the country and that refusing to work is a disservice to oneself and to their fellow citizens. He added, it is, he added, it is essential for everyone to stay employed and to contribute to the growth of the economy. That's right. Yeah, that's true. Yep. So think about that when you're not doing much because 
you're not going to save this country by the wokeism and the stuff that's going on. And that isn't going to get you into heaven anyway. Are you ready for yours? Yes. Okay, go ahead. This story comes to us via CBN, and it's Star Power Didn't Do It. It's the story of Matthew Perry, and um, he was a star of the television series Friends. I never watched that or followed that, so I'm not, I don't know too much about it. But, um... Matthew Perry shocked the world recently when he opened up about his years-long years battle with heavy drugs and alcohol. But the new, now new details about his road to recover revealed that it was a heartfelt prayer to God that played a key role in finally freeing him from his addictions. And he, he was said that by the time I was 18, I was drinking every day, at that time, I was drinking out with friends a lot. And then at 1.45, I would say, I'm going to go home, and I would race across town to a liquor store, buy a bottle of vodka, and drink as much as I had with the other guys that night. And he told that to Diane Sawyer in a Nightline interview. And he was spiraling out of control with his addiction, and he was trying to hide it from friends, family, and co-workers for many years. And one day he was confronted by co-star Jennifer Aniston. And he says, imagine how scary that was, he said. And I said, how? I thought I was hiding it so well. And she said, we can smell it on you. But I wasn't in a position to stop because this is what addiction is. But she was the one to reach out the most. And I'm really grateful to her for that. And in his memoir, uh, Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing, Perry believes he blacked out a few times because he doesn't remember filming some scenes. He recounts that at one point he was taking as many as 55 Vicodin pills a day. And he said he was in a dark room, meeting with nothing but drug dealers and completely alone for months. <clears throat> Addiction is an obsession of your mind that says, now give me everything you gave me before and more. And addiction took his health, it rotted the top row of his teeth, it took his money, nearly nine million dollars in rehab and recovery programs, and it nearly took his life. An opiate overdose led to a burst colon and an extended hospital stay. He said, I was given a two percent chance to survive that night. They didn't tell me that, obviously, because I wasn't really there, but they told my family, and I was put on a thing called an ECMO, an extra corporeal membrane oxygenization machine. They call that a Hail Mary. Five people were on the ECMO that night, and the other four died, and somehow I made it. And he said he his addiction added up to 14 stints in rehab 15 stomach surgeries and more than 60 attempts at detox but nothing changed for Perry until he had a powerful encounter with God and one day he said he said God please help me show me that you are here God please help me and it, he said as I kneeled, the light slowly began to get bigger and bigger until it was so big that it encompassed the entire room, which what was happening and why was I starting to feel better? I started to cry. He, he said really started to cry. The shoulder-shaking shoulder kind of uncontrollable weeping. I wasn't crying because I was sad. I wasn't crying because for the first, I was crying because for the first time in my life, I felt okay. I felt safe, taken care of, decades of struggling with God and wrestling with life and sadness. All was being washed away like a river of pain gone into oblivion. 
I had been in the presence of God, I was certain of it, and this time I had prayed for the right thing, help. And he, Perry credits the encounter with God as the reason he stayed sober for the last two years. God has shown me a sliver of what life could be. He has saved me that he, he saved me that day and for all days, no matter what. He had turned me into a seeker, not one, not only of sobriety and truth, but also of Him. That's an amazing story. What God did, and and all the stuff that He went through, you know, the sixty stomach surgeries and all the rehab. It's amazing that he's still alive, you know, that he didn't die. It is. That was God had a better plan for him. Well, you know, I, I like stories like that. I do, too. And uh, I'm thankful. You know, you can look back and see all the things that he did or all the, you know, heartache he went through, you know. Yes. And, but, see, we're such a money-driven society. Money's supposed to solve all the problems, but money doesn't. But I can tell you that Jesus Christ does. Because he does enter the room where you're at. He does personally take interest in you. And uh, his deliverance is, is great. And there is no Amen. doubt about that, and we're we're happy for him. That's right. Oh, we are, and for others like him whose stories we won't know until we reach eternity. You know, and uh, the thing of it is, when when I look at that, you know, there's people with real issues that I have come across in my life. And, you know, you can't make them do anything. They've got to want to do it. They've got to be at that point. And I've said this before because from personal experience, God will let you go down a path. And it'll look, you'll face darkness and you will face death. I mean, it'll look like you're at the end of the string, kid. It'll look like there is nothing left for you. And then all of a sudden, at the last millisecond, something happens. (laughs) And you suddenly get smart. And your heart begins to quiver. You feel funny because all of a sudden you feel like there is and and you know you shouldn't go by feelings but these experiences are things people never forget and uh, that's the kind of experience you need you need a real encounter with Jesus, Yahshua. Personal, up close, you need to believe, and you have to be at the point where you're willing, and and he'll bring you to that point. But you can also reject. And, you know, you can look back and and you can say, you know, I came real close. I could have went the other way, but you didn't. Because at the last moment, your spirit was touched by the spirit of the living God. And your heart confessed and you became a new child of God. That's right. And it can happen just that fast. Now, you see, for a religion like Islam and many others, you know, their whole experience with it is following their rules and laws. 
But Christianity serves a risen Savior, one that died and was resurrected from the dead. In Revelation chapter 1, he calls himself the Almighty. You know what you do with someone who's the Almighty? Well, if you're an unbeliever, you stay out of their way. If you're a believer, you worship them and praise them because they will find how wonderful this God is. So we thank God for, you know, these stories. You know. Amen. Yes, they're, they're amazing. And they're real lives. These are real people we're talking about. Real experiences. And for the Christians that are persecuted, you know, it's gut-wrenching stories. But they are overcomers. Even if they face horrible times, they're still an overcomer because they have Christ. So pray for the persecuted church. And pray for those that you hear who have become a believer or been delivered like Matthew Perry. Pray for this country as well, that it will repent. Yes, amen. And pray for your family. Pray for your loved ones. Pray for one another. And remember, he will never leave you or forsake you. So go to John chapter 1, John chapter 3, John chapter 15 is another one. Go to 1 John chapter 1 and read in Romans 3 3 through 7 about confession of sins. Expose your spirit to the Word of God. Be open and allow the Spirit of God to bring you into the presence of God. And I pray you make the right decision. Yes. We've, we're going to close now. we got a couple of moments for you okay. to... Well, I'm glad you're all here with us. We appreciate you and love you all so much. We thank you for all you do for Christ, for his glory. May you all be safe and take care. Look to him in all your situations because he cares for you. He will make a way. We love you. We pray for you and always hope the best for you in Christ Jesus. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to go by our websites at warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Read the articles, listen to the shows. And also, don't forget to pick up a copy of my book, The Rising. It's 2023 now. Get you a copy of this book. I finished it before covid and it has some deep prophetic things in it and it's a Christian fiction and it's part of a series The Rising by Dana Glenn Smith and it is on a lot of different places we have an extensive list you can go over to Dana Glenn Smith and look for our links over there the bottom line of it is is that Check out the book and read it. Expose yourself to this book. And then when you see what went on, you can see that we were writing a lot of what had happened already. It is prophetic. Take care of yourselves. Look to the Lord. Find him and keep him. 
give glory to our God and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Till next time, Shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.